Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Gear 30 on the Blister Podcast Network. I'm Jonathan Ellsworth, and you can check out everything we're doing and reviewing over at blisterreview.com. And if you are somebody who has listened to at least five of these Gear 30 episodes, well, then you are clearly the sort of person who wants a podcast like this in your life. So we would ask you to take just 30 seconds of your time and show your support by leaving us a five-star rating in Apple Podcasts so we can keep this thing going and growing. And that seems like a really good deal. No, you get hours and hours of gear nerdery for just 30 seconds of your time. It's a good deal. Okay, this past Monday on our blister... Okay, this past Monday over on our Blister Podcast channel, we asked Sebastian Steinbach to give us a report on this past ski season in Europe. So check out our Blister Podcast feed to check out that very interesting conversation because turns out there were a whole lot of different logistics and complexities between the situation in Europe and what was happening here in North America. Anyway, check that one out. And then today, we are here to get Sebastian's take on some new ski gear. Mostly, we're going to be talking about touring boots, plus a binding and an AT ski, and a newer ski brand that Sebastian has been pretty impressed with. And in case you didn't already know, Sebastian is the owner of Black Sheep Sports in Munich, Germany, and we just always appreciate getting his perspective on things. And so with that, let's go ahead and get to my conversation with Sebastian. Here we go. All right, well, I am back again with Sebastian Steinbach. Now, I am assuming that most of you listening to this have already listened to the conversation that I had with Sebastian over on our Blister podcast, where Sebastian was kind of giving us his report on this whole past European ski season and offering some of his predictions for next ski season in Europe. And so if you somehow haven't checked that out yet, you should listen to that one. But this is our opportunity to actually nerd out a bit about gear. We exercised a whole lot of restraint in the last conversation barely talked about gear at all and so you know this is like our reward basically so sebastian good to be talking with you again it sounds like you were actually able to get on quite a few interesting things this past winter hey jonathan yeah good to be back and uh yeah today we will not talking about any annoying COVID issues it will be only about <laughs> yeah. uh, new products that will come out for the yeah coming to 2122 uh, winter season and um, it's um, of course what's what what I mainly tested the last couple of weeks and months uh, are new boots that are coming out uh, for next winter and um, so it will be a little bit more boot fo focused uh, gear wise what we will talk about today and um, for example one of the boots I had in my hand and about like eight days on my feet is the new Technica Koshi's 130. And I think, Jonathan, you also had the boot uh, already in your hands. And did you already ski the boot as well? I have. I've been, um, I've probably got six or seven days in it. And plus, because I knew we were going to be recording this conversation this morning, I ski toured in it yesterday evening, um, did sort of a sunset ski tour 
came down, turned around, had a massive full moon behind me. And uh, yeah, so um, had been putting a good amount of time in that Cochise 130. Yeah, sweet. So I have about like six uh, resort days um, and about two backcountry days just to test uh, how the tour, uh, the boot tours compared uh, to um, the, the last year's iteration of the model. So from the first look, when you, when you see the, the new Koshis, um, it's still a 99 millimeter last boot. It um, still comes in different type of flexes. Uh, the boot I was testing and we are talking right now about uh, is the one with the 130 flex. And um, Technica is still claiming that it's a mid-volume boot. So when... Um, so that's like the, the general measurement uh, of, of the boot uh, when you just take a look at it. Um, what you see, um, like from the first look, it, I think it did not change too much. Like the biggest thing, what you can see is um, the, new, the new walkboat system on the boot. Uh, Technica is calling that t ride. Um, looks quite familiar to the, same, to the walking uh, system they have on the G-Zero boot. Um, just that the new on the new Koshis, you can also lock your walk mode, which is uh, quite nice. So you don't have to be afraid of um, that. Yeah, the walk mode suddenly opens when you ski a very rough line. Um, so the lever of of the walk mode, yeah, looks super stable, I think, and um, definitely uh, makes a very good impression and closes also very strong so you definitely have to watch out your fingers when you close uh rock mode of that boot so that was like my first mistake i did um getting the fingers between but it's better when i make the mistakes than our listeners <laughs> and um with the new t-ride system they try to bring in a little bit more lateral stiffness uh towards or compared to the to the last year's model when i ski the boot or when you get into the boot i think um it feels volume-wise smaller than the older one. What do you think, gentlemen? Hmm. Well, so here's the thing. I haven't skied a previous Cochise. Oh, okay. In I've... part because I just frankly had no interest, and I've said this before, I had no interest in that category of like 50-50 hybrid boot, right? Like I'm very much in the camp of like, I will steal from my grandma to get enough money to buy a dedicated riveted cuff inbounds boot and then have a touring boot, right? So I'm not saying that I'm right about that. I'm just telling you that's how I've kind of rolled. And so previously I have been like, yeah, I'll have other of our reviewers check out the coaches. Yeah. Again, I talked about this on a previous gear 30 podcast. It's like, all right, I'll stop kind of ignoring this hybrid category since I know so many people are interested in it. So that's why I'm a bit curious to hear you talk specifically about the comparison to the previous coaches. So just just coming real quick back on, on the hybrid boot thing. The thing is, um, and I, I, I bet most shop people or, bo or boot guys in, shop, in shops will have recognized that over the last two and three years, um, a lot of customers are into the bond boot solution. And even if that might be not the best compromise, but uh, you got to understand the customer, 
maybe he already owns two or three pairs of skis, but yeah. also to carry two pairs of boots on the week on vacation and flying around or driving around. So most of the customers in the first moment want to have the one boot solution. Yeah. That one thing that can do everything. Um, but as we know, or as, as me as a boot fitter, um, I, I always would love to recommend the boot, the two boot solution. Yeah, to say to, to go the way you, you do, to have the dedicated alpine boot and to have a very good touring boot. And then with the touring boot, it, it depends on if you need a touring boot that it's made for the uphill or you, or you need a very versatile touring boot that can does uh, manage also the downhill part very well. So, but coming back to the Koshis, the, like the first iterations of so many of the hybrid boots the issue or uh, um, why you were not in team hybrid boots and, ha- and said, no, I, I don't want to ski in them because they don't feel quite as an alpine boot. And in the end, um, they don't have the range of motion to be a good touring boot. But a lot of things changed. And there are a lot of very good hybrid boots on the market. It's always the, the customer always have to ask himself or herself in the first moment, what she or he needs, really. Yeah. If she or he is more the resort skier that might tour two or three times per season, you will be super happy with the hybrid boot. But if you're mixing it up a little bit more, you might be in camp two boots, or if you really want to build on your quiver, you're maybe in the three boot camp that you say, okay, Alpine hybrid and touring boot. Um, come back to the Koshis, um, compared to uh, last year's model, it's definitely got, like the dimensions got shrinked a little bit within the boot, even if Technicers stating still the same measurements compared uh, to, um, to last year's model. But when you do the scan with your own feet and you step in, so I had one on the, on the other foot and one on the other foot, so I compared both and I skied both uh, when I tested the boots two weeks ago. Um, it's definitely a little, little bit lower in the instep, the new one compared to the old one. Um, the toe box is also a little bit lower. You can especially feel that. And, and I have quite normal foot. And uh, especially my left foot can definitely ski every boot. Uh, my right foot quite hates skiing at all, um, <laughs> um, but the left one can get in everyone. And so, what you what you what you could feel is it has a little bit more pressure on on the pinky toe side. Yeah, um, so there it seems to be a little bit more narrow. It's definitely way more narrow in the heel box. So everyone who's looking for a boot with a that can offer a very good uh, uh, heel fit that you, you should definitely tr- uh, check that boot out. And so from that those first impressions, it really felt, it definitely felt different than the last iterations of the Koshis. And uh, because most people who are looking for a hybrid boot actually are more looking for the Alpine fit than for the touring options. Of course, they want to be under two kilograms. And of course, um, no one these days will, uh, is satisfied with, like, let's say, like 32 or 34 degree of, uh, of range of motion. Yeah? You, 
especially marketing-wise, you have to have 50 uh, on, 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 on the plate. Otherwise, you're not selling the boot against the other competitors on the market. Um, so it's, it's definitely an interesting boot for the uh, customer who's looking for a more alpine fit. Said that, on the other side, Technica came from around 34 degree of motion in the calf now to up to 52. So on the one side, it feels that the boot, it's, it always depends on how your feet are. So yeah. it's, it's a, a, a ski boot is way too subjective. I'm just trying to describe how yeah. the differences or the nuances between the, the two boots are um, or the two models. Um, so it got... It, it, it got more range of motion. It, the shell, when you just weigh the shell, even the shell got about 91 gram lighter hmm. than the last year's shell. Yeah. And um, it feels more like a Mark I Technica than like a G0 Technica. So that's, that's, that's quite interesting. When you just get in the boot... And uh, especially also compared with the previous one, it feels more alpine-ish, yeah, more like an alpine boot. But on the other side, it's a bit lighter. Those 50 gram in the end won't make the big deal, but it's, it's a number in the end. And it has more range of motion, so it will definitely tours better. But this comes from the new T-Ride system. So, um, so that's, that's, that's actually quite, quite interesting um, that uh, Technica um, made that boot more so because the skier in the end who's going to buy that boot is the is is the resort skier mm -hmm. that's looking for options um, yeah. or um, that very strong skier that knows okay I I'm better with. 500 gram per leg more on my feet because weight in the end is the same of skis. Weight is performance. Yeah. Uh, if that thing on your feet is way too light and is offering no lateral stiffness, and that's one of the most important things that a boot also is offering good lateral stiffness, um, um, you're lost on the mountain. And I think a lot of people, especially touring people, um, um, might have less issues with the way down if the equipment would not be as light as it is. Um, I don't know if, if in the U.S. there is the same trend like in Europe. It's all about getting lighter, lighter, and lighter. And if you have uh, like bad conditions, especially when you go on a on a ski touring hill, um, you're not finding perfect pow or perfect uh, uh, slopes, and then you need something that offers a little bit more performance. Yeah. So, yeah, first impression was feels quite more like an Alpine boot, um, but uh, just when you try to walk around a bit, the calf is definitely moving way better. Um, if when you open uh, the walk mode, sometimes in some boots you can feel that you get, get pushed in front yeah. because of the, of the calf, how it's moving. And uh, so it looks like the Technica found a nice way, a nice angle um, that you're not really getting moved forward inside the boot. And um, when I got the boot the first time on snow, I definitely have to say um, 
Uh, so people really should listen to um, on YouTube to your uh, boot talk um, from the Plister Summit because mm -hmm. there you can also hear what, what like Technica's philosophy is in building ski boots. And when you listen or watch or when you're watching this one, you then can understand how you, you, you know immediately what, what, um, what the guy from Technica meant uh, about, about how the philosophy of Technica is, especially uh, from when, when we take our shop, like the main contender for this boot is a Lang XT3 130, uh, because it's also a boot that claims to have a very good Alpine fit. And uh, but there you can see a huge difference be between what Lang, where they're a lot more about elasticity, also in the plastico of the boot, where you can feel more boots. Sometimes people in the shop would say the boot is soft, but it's it's just a different philosophy of how the boot is working. It's definitely not a soft boot. Um, so people believe me when Lang is riding 130 on a ski boot, it's not soft, but. The Technica boot feels definitely a bit stiffer, but it's also for me, and I'm not very heavy, a little bit more work to get the power through the boot into the ski. Hmm. So um, especially when, 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 when the conditions are not super good. But on the other side, it offered a very, very nice Alpine uh, performance and um, a, 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 yeah, stout ride. And um, I was definitely surprised because I could never really understand in the past the, the big buzz about the Koshis because I, I never found the, the right connection to the boot, even when I tested it year by year. Now, sometimes I just ask myself why, why so many people also around our shop and also good skier who I know were talking, talking so much about the boot. Um, but this new one that, that's coming up next winter season, um, it will be um, a, like around 1,890 grams. So it's a nice boot. It's not too light. It's not too heavy. Uh, you can do a lot of good things, and that will be a very, very nice 50-50 boot, I think, uh, for the people um, and um, yeah, for different type of skiers. If it's just like the resort skier that you might going to be with a guide two weeks per season or if it's a free ride customer. I'd love to jump in and offer a couple of my impressions of this thing. Part of the reason, as I remember, that I didn't, opt to review prior iterations of the coaches was even from the reviewers we had they were describing it as a relatively high volume boot rel underscore relatively right and as many people know i'm pretty much always in a low volume lv boot so i was like yeah this i don't think is just a great match for my particular foot but to the new coaches i will say one I absolutely freaking love the fit of this boot. Another really interesting point, I think, I am testing or have been spending some time in the LV Technica Mach 1 dedicated Alpine boot this year. Out of the box, that is the first LV boot that I have skied in a while in a 26.5, my normal size, that was too intense for me. And... So it, it was interesting to hear you describe the Kochis as a MV because that fit is beautiful for me. And the Mach 1 LV 
was too intense, right? Yeah, the the new coming Koshis for next season is is low to mid volume boot. It's not the mid volume that no. it used to be. It's yeah. not the marshmallow. Yeah, oh, that's maybe a harsh word. I'm sorry. Uh, that's not that's not the comfort mid volume it used to be. It's it's more towards alpine. And so if 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 uh, skiers are going to try that boot on from the first moment, what you recognize is oh heel fit. That's like the first thing that came to my mind when I got the first the first time I got in the in that boot was in uh, December last year, and when I tried it on in the shop, I said, "Oh, that's heel fit," and that's like the most important thing for us skiers in the end. You can adjust so many things in a ski boot, but if if if, if the heel pocket's is not working with your heel, it, it it's also for very good boot fitters difficult to make a, a, a good thing out of it. Um, so the only thing that has to be right is the instep height, because I think it got a little bit lower. That's maybe also the issue why you, you like it a little yeah. bit more. Yeah. And, uh, so it's, so, so the skier should not have a high instep or needs uh, an, a lot of volume in the instep area. But beside that, it's, um, Technica is building a, a shell where boot fitters can do a wonderful job. It's, uh, cooks very well uh, and um, you can make beautiful punches on the boot and also the liner i think from the first look technica did an, an awesome job on the liner gorgeous li- it's beautiful yeah, beautiful and uh, the only thing i i'm i'm always a little bit complaining is um are tongues on liners especially on the stock on most stock liners um tongues can can bring big issues for for the skier if, if they have like certain pressure points and a lot of have like really sharp edges and on mine for example i swapped the tongue with the plastic and just put an eva tongue in from an intuition pro tool liner and problem was solved beautiful fit and um, had within those eight days no issues at all within uh, with the ski boot like the only adjustment is a booster strap and a custom insole. That's also something what I really, really recommend to everyone. Yeah. Try out a custom-made insole that will or that will definitely change not your life, but your your, your feet and your in your skiing. And you will be you will be happy with a custom-made insole. Yep. And so our pair in a size twenty-six five was actually coming in a little bit lighter than you were stating. I think you said 1890. Our measured weights for the shell plus liner with the spoiler, not including the stock footbed, because we are assuming that many of you will take Sebastian's advice and get a custom footbed. Ours are coming in at 1837 and 1828. And I would just say for a boot that actually skis that well inbounds and i did spend a couple days skiing it inbounds and then i have been touring in it i'd say i'm wildly impressed with how well it actually works inbounds and i really don't at all mind how it goes uphill to me it's a it's it's comfortable i don't feel like i'm getting a big wall at each step you know in the front i've been pretty blown away to be honest yeah same with me um Especially the Alpine performance was um, um, very, very good. Also, the two uh, touring days. Here, you just have to be um, clear with yourself. It's, it's, even if it tours not very well, it tours 
quite good actually um mm. it's it's still not a touring boot yeah it's it's still it's it's still for for example when you compare it to the g zero pro it's it's nearly five hundred grams four hundred and fifty grams yeah. more he- more heavier yeah. per leg yep. yeah so you will always drag more weight uphill and that if you if you are planning on long touring days that might be a reason for maybe blisters are coming up yeah because if you're having to, if you have to drag more weight your heel will start moving a bit more but if you know how the boot works and you're not opening it opening the buckles too much and just let the cuff do the work and uh, maybe you don't have to be the fastest and you just can go your pace and uh, you need need a stable boot in the end because um, the the long way is all about skiing then the new Koshi's is definitely a ski boot that uh, skiers should uh, going to check out uh, next uh, September, October, November in ski shops yeah. uh, everywhere where they can do. It's good job, Technica, definitely. So let's keep it moving. What um, What's the next boot you want to talk about? So, um, yeah, the Technica was maybe like... Um, uh, the boot where we were waiting the most for to 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 get it on snow and to to test it because it always uh, makes a big hype around the boot and uh, we can see that together with the X33 from Lang where we had a lot of success at the shop this year. Um, so um, just like one more word, like the the Lang and the and the Technica, similar feet can go in those two boots. So um, people should definitely check check out both boots mm-hmm. if they consider uh, these things. So from a well-weighted hybrid boot, we go to a super heavy hybrid boot, something which is totally out of the norm. And I think, correct me, Jonathan, this boot might be a ski boot that has no other contender because there is no other ski boot with pins, but not with a walk mode on the market. And I'm talking about the new coming Krypton pin boot or the Krypton Pro with, 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 with pin inserts and um, yeah you everyone heard right it's a ski boot that comes with pins and grip walk but with no walk mode at all what the hell yep um, same what we thought because normally this is something where like let's say like r- the real professional skiers are coming to our shop and say hey Sebastian or hey team we have these two boots. Can you please, that boot, uh, the, the hybrid touring boot is not really helping me because I need actually the stiffest option from my sponsor. But can you please merge these boots? And I know that uh, various boot fitters around the globe um, did that for a couple pro riders. And uh, we were luckily in, uh, luckily in a situation that we also had like four years ago the chance to do that for a couple of uh, Dalbello athletes. And uh, we Frankenboot uh, Dalbello Lupo together with a Dalbello Krypton so that uh, the walk mode was gone and um, you still could fit yourself into a pin binding or these days kingpins or whatever just uh, to offer yeah, more stability, more lateral stiffness, more stiffness at all. And not a calf that was moving a little bit 
uh, when you were leaning backwards or something, which was a real issue in the past with uh, uh, AT boots. Hmm. That's the same what I thought in the first moment. Hmm. Who's go who actually needs that boot? Uh, when you see your regular base of customers, who which is the person that uh, might gonna need that boot? Um, yeah, maybe it's again the resort skier um, or the very strong skier that will definitely only tour those 30 minutes uphill and that all maybe in, let's say, the most heavy hybrid binding you, you can get in a Duke PT and where it's all about stability and or it's just an option if you know, okay, on uh, the left side, there's that beautiful run, but the chairlift is far over on the right side and you need just an option to walk out a little bit more easier together with a hybrid binding. That will never be a, a boot for real pin binding. Never, ever. Yeah. That boot comes in around 2,200 grams. So it's the exact number is uh, 2,178 grams for the boot. So Wow. Um, okay, so, heavy so this is basically... The Marker Dalbello vocal group were like, hey, yes. we just created this Duke PT. It's a nice binding in a lot of ways. Let's come up with a boot that effectively suits or slots in exactly with what the Duke PT offers. So you have, well, except you'd still want a walk mode. Yeah, that side, of course, they have the Lupo series. Yeah, <laughs> I was trying is... to work through in real time, like the rationale yeah. for this, and I was real excited. And then it was like, nope, that still kind of breaks down. Yeah, but in in the end, when 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 we were meeting with the Dalbello guys um, and we're planning our next season, they said, <laughs> to be honest, they said, if you're not buying it, who who, who shall buy it? So if, if if our let's say crazy shop is not into such a boot. Which big shop that's serving more normal customers yeah, that are not too crazy about skiing, maybe? Um, um, for who is that boot in the end? But on the on the other side, I guess like seven eight years ago, we might have been quite happy with that boot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I know, for example, in the in, in in the states, the cost system is a big thing, which is not 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 really a thing in Europe. Uh, because it's just difficult to get over here, and with all the ISO restrictions and everything, and, and uh, test norms and stuff. But um, actually, every everyone was always complaining about no that 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 pin boot is not stiff enough. Um, that boot can't do this. I can't do this with that boot. I can't ski in the park with my boots that has pin inserts. Um, of course, it has a walk mode, but. We, we heard those things from customers. Huh. And so it's, so, okay, c complaining is a thing that human really like. Yeah. So we love to complain, every one of us. And uh, maybe it came out, out of that corner. Or it's just something where you can say, okay, we built that boot together with our professional writers. And if you want to get a part of the stuff they are doing, you need that boot. Um, but um, man, I'm sorry. This is a tough sell for me. And so, you know, this might be one of those times where it's like, all right, well, okay. So it's not the boot for you personally, Jonathan, but I guess I'm going to be very curious to see what the market is like out there. And maybe there are a bunch of people. 
I mean, frankly, I just, I, on the face of it, I don't like the idea of like, hey, we've basically built you a real legit Alpine boot. You should go ski that thing hard in bounds now in a tech toe. That's like the opposite of what I spend all my time trying to convince people to do. Yeah, same with me. But that, that boot is, in the end, that boot is made for, for the Duke PT um, or for the shift binding. That's not made to, to, to operate that thing at Kingpin or, or any type of binding like these. So, so if, oh. if, you go, if you go in that, and, and if you go in, a, for example, in, in an 80K free ride, then 14 binding with that boot, the binding would just say, okay, I'm done. I don't, I don't want to go anymore. Because that's just the wrong, wrong pair. It's just not coming, coming to coming together. But um, what 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 I, what I know that the 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 normal Krypton model is is, is a very successful boot Absolutely. In, in, in North in North America. Yeah, way more successful than in Europe because in Europe it's still all about four buckle boots, and uh, I really try always to convince my customers if they have the right foot to to try the, the caprio style because it gives a super super nice suspension i think it's i always try to explain it to my customer like a um yeah like a fully mountain bike a full suspension mountain bike and um you it's it's i i i personally like how how those boots ski but on the other side of course with that boot that will be super special. We have just a limited uh, number of boots for next winter with, with this one because every one we sell, uh, it will be, I think, a little bit more a lucky shot. But I, I know the type of customer who is kind of looking for that boot and they might be a little bit younger than we too. Okay, it does make me happy to think, yeah, Everybody in this Krypton with pins and no walk mode won't actually be skiing hard downhill in a pin. They'll be in a shift or in a Duke PT. But I just feel like walk modes have gotten good enough. We just spent 15 minutes talking about a boot with a good walk mode. So that's a tough, you know, I guess I'm trying to think like for somebody that's skiing a lot of side country, and is going to, you know, go out the gates, ski a line, and then have a pretty flat approach, you know, or a, a flat walk back, like, yep. I guess. But I just still think that, again, so I'm, I'm saying I'm, I'm, I'm clearly not the right target demographic for this product. I'm not trying to talk anybody out of it if, if they clearly are. I just feel like it, on the face of it, it seems like a tough sell. Like, yep. if you're going to give me the pin option, give me a walk mode too. We, we've, yep. I don't think I would say, having tested a ton of boots, that walk modes, the minute you put a walk mode on, you absolutely just trash the downhill performance. I mean, I'm on record saying if I'm skiing in bounds, I'd rather be in a riveted cuff that's more for sort of durability reasons and the rest. Like it's just fewer moving parts. Give me my good, heavy, dedicated Alpine boot. And you're like, all right, but this is a Krypton. It weighs 2,200 grams. It just gives you the option to have pins and we're not gonna invite the, you know, potential issues that might come up around a walk mode. But man, that is, that's honestly like one of the most specific niche products I've heard of in quite a while. 
Yeah, definitely. And uh, that's where we can leave it because uh, that's why I thought I, I, I need to mention it because yeah. it's, it's, it's unique. It hasn't been here before and um, there will be those, uh, yeah, a few customers and who are just waiting for it. And uh, yeah, good luck to you guys. Uh, you found <laughs> your new boot. Let's move on. What's our third boot you want to talk about? So we had now been, let's say, like in the the midweight class. Then we transitioned to a heavyweight boot with pins that we now left behind because we both have our our opinion about it. And but I now want to stay within the company, um, so I want to stay with Dalbello. And um, and um, so, so how big or how known is Dalbello in the States? Is it just uh, the Caprio boots, just the Krypton that is very well known? Or is it also like the other boots? <laughs> just my opinion. But I would say if people know Dalbello, they're thinking first and foremost of the Cabrio. But I don't have sales data to back that up. But I, you know, know a lot of people in the industry. And, you know, that's my take is that yeah. Dalbello... Its first association is strongly with the Cabrio, and then that might be a bit different on the race side of things. But that's that's my answer to your question. Okay, so um, Belbello is uh, doing since uh, yeah since a few years they are um, qu quite successful with their Lupo range. They have the special walk mode in the Lupo um, um, connected to to the Cabrio design. We can get off the tongue, and you have like. Uh, a range of motion or a, or a walking feeling that you're not finding in in a lot of other boots so it's it's very very special even if it's a little bit finicky and you have to move some parts so and um, since last season um or since a couple of seasons they are working on real touring boots and since last winter they have the quantum series uh, um, on board they're like a very lightweight real high alpine touring boots those boots are more made for the people where the time of walking is more in focus than the skiing part or they or for customers who say okay i do like longer hot tours uh, multiple day touring um, where you definitely need a boot that is light enough and you can say okay i can sacrifice a little bit more on the skiing part because I can ski anyway and uh, but I need something that 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 helps me to get up um, coming now and we had an early intro a few shops said that uh, we at black ship uh, sheep did not do it but a few shops already had an early intro of the new uh, Dalbello quantum free and they call it uh, the full name is quantum free a solo factory 130 so it's always Good to make a very easy, compact <laughs> name uh, for ski boots. Um, what is it Asolo, again? What's the name? It's called, it's, it's called Quantum Free Asolo Factory 130. Asolo is just a, the, the town in Italy, north of Venice, where um, Belbello is coming from. And it's their factory boot. It's the 130. It's the pro model. And um, it comes with, um, with a Flex 130. And talking about flexes uh, is... Sometimes it's just it's, it's more a marketing number than a real flex index because that's just in that case that's not a 130 boot hmm. not not at all it's just <laughs> the the most advanced model within their new free quantum series 
the mo- the yeah. model with the most special things on. Yeah. Um, it can It's 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 super lightweight. Um, the the uh, the factory version um, comes in, uh, in 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 a little bit under 1.3 kilogram, but you can be way lighter if you want to. Hmm. But um, so we prefer to get the most heavy and stiffest stiffest one to test. Um, it it does not only feel lightweight; it looks lightweight. But at least it comes with two buckles uh, compared to uh, the um, Quantum Touring boot that has actually no buckles, just. Uh, um, um, like like a bore system, it does not come from boa, but it's 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 uh, this, 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 the same idea. Like t- touring skiers, if you're looking for a narrow touring boot, maybe something every touring skier is looking for, because most touring boots have a way too wide heel box and yeah. um, heel fit within touring boots is still an issue and has been an issue and we in our boot fitting uh, 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 section in the shop have yeah see that as like one of the most biggest issues with with touring customers um, that the heel is moving too too much and you have to um, solve that issue so that boot has a super narrow heel fit it's 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 unbelievable how narrow that heel is it's it's not like getting your heel in like a race boot and say oh my god i need to get out of here again before it's before it's not grinded out mm-hmm. um, um because of course uh, the, the 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 polyamide plastic feels way softer than when you're like in 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 a, in a in a race boot which has a totally different plastico but it's interesting how it feels around the heel um, offers a good heel fit and when you open up the first time the walk mode it's a little bit finicky to, to get in because they have a socket we get you have to get the liner into it into a socket that it's uh, into a sock that sits within the shell um, that prevents everything because it's a cavity design to that no water is getting into the boot into the shell but as soon as you find your way in and you just need to do that a couple of times and you get your routine and uh, you find your way to, to get yourself into the boot, um, first thing what you recognize, wow, that heel fit, haven't tried on um, a touring boot that has in that weight category that had such a, is offering such a good heel fit. Huh. You, have to, you have to see say that uh, coming back to Technica, the G0 Pro, Definitely, the the latest iteration, this year's model, uh, definitely offers also very good heel fit. Hmm. But those are not boots that you really can compare because the this new Quantum Free is really meant for the skier that wants to go uphill, that wants to go on long day touring days. That those two buckles just gives gives you a little bit more stability. That boot. Is actually like too light to offer enough lateral stiffness. That's something that other boots on the market, even in the same weight class, can do a little bit better. But just how it walks, that was very impressive. It's definitely sixty plus degree. It's it's like walking in a heavy like alpine shoe, like in a heavy outdoor shoe, yeah, a climbing shoe, for example. Um, so that was. That was definitely um, 
very very no that's that's let's not say surprising but um, that was that was interesting and good to see um the liner within that boot i think um Bello chose a two a liner that it's too thick huh um i'm shocked to hear you say that and normally in such boots they are very thin liners uh, Barry can feel everything, so also... Which is horrible. Uh, so why are you... Wait, that's a horrible feeling. So you are getting mad at them for trying to have a more plush liner? <laughs> yes, because that's that feels more about having good first fit in the shop uh. than having a good fitting boot on the uphill. So and that was also something what we recognized when we tested the boot, and I'm I'm lucky I'm lucky enough that I have a, a second guy at the shop who's testing boots with me, and he weighs like the, I'm sorry Tim, he he weighs like the double of that I weigh, more of my weight. So um, yeah, not close, but he's definitely way more heavy than I am. Um, so it's and we have the same boot size. Both twenty six point five, so we can. It's the size where we always get the boots from from the manufacturers, so we can both ski in it. Especially with those lightweight boots, it's very interesting. When me, for example, with my let's say around seventy kilograms, and my uh, uh, shop and best skiing buddy Tim with his nearly one hundred twenty kilograms. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe it's 110. Sorry, Tim. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Tim. Um, it's, it's, that's a very good feedback. So if he says that boot, you can ski in that boot, um, that gives me way more uh, feedback than if, if I'm just on my own and just can, can feel them own. So, but coming back to the, uh, to the liner, so we had both like two days with the stock liner. Um, I think I couldn't find... M- like the right fit for my foot with that kind of liner, so I swapped the liner to uh, from from the boot from the touring boot I actually use, and that's the liner which is in an uh, Scarpa F1, and uh, because that liner in the F1 is a very very good intuition liner that offers just the right volume for most. Um, most more dedicated touring boots and uh, that made for me for, for my feet a very good job uh, together with uh, the custom insole so um, main contender from the boots we do sell will definitely be the Scarpa F1 LT or not doesn't matter but it's more the lightweight category I would not say even if it's weight wise quite similar to the G0 uh, Pro from, uh, from Technica the Technica is way, way, way stronger on the downhill than the Dalbello. But for, like, like uh, what not sex, yeah, even like for ski mount, uh, schemo guys, like ski mountaineering people, or everyone who wants to head out like way deep into the backcountry and um, definitely needs a light boot that it's still able to ski 100 millimeter wide skis underfoot. Um and you can say sacrifice and say, okay, if I don't need the full like lateral stiffness within the boot, and you can say, okay, that works for you. That's definitely an interesting and quite cool looking boot that's coming out. And um, yeah, could be 
a little bit more stiffer on the, on, on the retro side, but that's like the only thing um, both testers were, were complaining. Light tours, a- absolutely amazing, um, especially because of the design of the boots. So that's something, if you want to see something different, if you want to check out something different, next winter, the, the Quantum 3 Series coming three different models and three different flex indexes. Um, that's that's a very, very interesting um, boot. Yeah. Okay. Definite, definitely something yeah, you, you, you should consider and check out. All right. Let's talk about one more AT boot. And I think the boot that you had proposed was the Lang XT3 Tour Pro. Is that right? I was also on that boot for a few days. Um, same with, with, my, with my other tester. And coming from that very lightweight uh, Dolbello boot and um, coming to the Lang, it's the first time that Lang is actually building a real touring boot. And, oh man, I was quite impressed, t- to be honest. Same. That maybe, that's maybe the reason why I'm, because I'm coming more from the Alpine boot side and I li- like the, the fit of an Alpine boot. And getting my feet into the new Lang X3 Tour, that was, that was cool. That was interesting. That was new. And um, when you pull out the liner, for example, because I have to say something about the liner, um, Lang really made a very, very nice liner. No stitches in the toe box, no stitches in the, in the heel uh, uh, section. So a very well-made liner um, with a Velcro strap that the tongue is not moving. Also an issue with some uh, boots. Um, what it offers, because I was talking about uh, Alpine Fit, it feels quite similar, to be honest, to the XT3, uh, mm-hmm. to the to the hybrid version of the boot. Yeah, um, offers a very good heel fit, not as uh, as 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 snug as maybe the the, the Quantum Free the Dalbello was, but it. You can feel the whole idea around the Lang boots, the elasticity, even with the polya meat in it. Um, you can you can feel that you can bring pressure on 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 the edges and on your tips. And um, the boot offers a fifty three range of motion. Comes in with a ninety nine millimeter last, and uh, together with the liner and a custom insole that's how we measured it it's comes around 1622 grams um a lot of touring people will say what uh how heavy is that boot it's not heavy it's um just a good boot sebastian uh, what what size is that because that's heavier than my 26.5 that's 26.5 that's what we what we have and the only uh, the only adjustment uh, i just see it in my notes is uh we had a booster strap on it, but that may be 30, 25 gram difference uh, to the original strap and a custom-made insole. That's it. And uh, the shell came out in 1,192 grams and the liner with 329. Our weights were coming in at, with the shell and the liner, not including the stock insole. Again, that's... a. Those weigh that the stock insoles in the XT3 Tour Pro weigh 23, 24 grams. Not counting that, but the liner and the shell, we're at 1506 and 1507 in a 26.5 measured weight. So you're, you added a booster, you said, which, which I'm not mad about that idea. But um, anyway, just so people know, ours is much closer to just that 1500 mark, which is. 
the, the, the shell is super light, so you can play with the lighter, you can play with different things. Um, so um, you can even try out if you want to get rid of, of one of the uh, forefoot buckles, but I think that's just... Yeah, just don't because do of losing weight, that's just I don't. I'm sorry, people. That's, I think that's dumb. <laughs> so I know, but I I have customers who wanted to have that. Um, but weight and fit that that went in a very good way together, and that was the surprising part because hmm. normally boots in the weight class have fit issues. Uh, not all, but but a lot on the market, and uh, the fit was really. I really liked it. My feet were happy. Mm-hmm. How much time have you spent in the XT3 as opposed to this XT3 Tour Pro? Um, I have about this uh, last spring, I have about four or five days in the XT3. And um, I personally can't tour in that boot because it's moving my heel too too much because it's uh, three millimeters shorter than it used to be because it comes in a 303. And they used to be also 306. And um, I know that uh, the guy who's, who made that boot just wanted to have a, a, more pro- yeah, a more progressive Alpine fit because that got totally uh, renewed. Um, no, I'm definitely, that's a boot. Again, um, if you're looking, it's a touring boot, but it's, it's more the class of the G-Zero thing, of the G, I think. I think. By the way, the, in the United States, we call it the Zero-G Tour Pro. Is this some weird European thing where you're putting the G in front of the Zero? You keep calling it the G-Zero. Maybe so, sometimes. It's, it's end of season. <laughs> maybe I'm, my brain is mixing, mixing it up. But we, we Americans call it the Zero-G Tour Pro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe my fault. <laughs> It's all right. We forgive you. Zero G Tour Pro. I will. I will stick to the to the Zero G Tour from, from now. <laughs> the G Zero. <laughs> no, but um, the Zero G Tour Pro. Um, I think that's the contender to that boot. Yes. Um, they are in the same class, and it's an interesting battle um, because, again, foot wise, I think also foot wise, it's quite quite same similar feet can get into. Uh, the Technica maybe has a few mils more instep height, but, but also in that area, it, f- it felt, no, it's the, the, the boot felt overall quite good. And I, I think personally, for me, it toured better than the, the hybrid version. Um, the, the, sorry, were, the X-T3. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Agreed. And, and um, no, that's, um, that was something... I was not expecting to 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 get from Lang that that quick that they can offer um, a, a, such a good touring boot that skis also very well or very good from the perspectives of a touring boot. Yeah. Always keep in mind it's not a free ride boot. It will remain a touring boot even if a lot of people might mm. ski that boot with a with a big powder ski and pin bindings or whatever. But it's made for pin bindings. I would not uh, recommend to ski that in a hybrid binding. just makes no sense. That yeah. has to be in a, in a true dedicated touring binding. And, um, yeah. Also, if it's only 53 degree uh, range of motion, that's totally fine. It's totally enough. It tours well. Yep. It walks really good. So definitely boot uh, that, that people should check out. 
Yeah, I have to say, and I mean, this stuff is subjective and, you know, much bigger, heavier skiers or something, uh, you know, might have a difference of opinion here. And obviously fit is going to be hugely important about any of the boots we're talking about. But I have to say, like, when, you know, I started skiing the XT3 last year and I was like, yeah, you know, it's it's good. It's nice. I've been more impressed with the xt3 tour pro like i'm been on record i think the technica zero g tour pro is tremendous in that category and i'm kind of like if you and i were gonna go ski and you and we had an xt3 tour pro and a zero g tour pro and you got to pick first i'm not gonna be that mad about like which boot I end up with, right? Like I think they're both really good. And I've been doing a lot of back to back to back days in the XT3 Tour Pro and the regular XT3. So I have yet to start bringing the 0G Tour Pro back into the mix. I've been skiing the Coaches quite a bit and so I've kind of been shuffling through the Coaches and the XT3 and the XT3 Tour Pro. And um, I have to say, again, just my opinion, I'm really impressed with the Coaches, and I'm really impressed with the, the Lang X-T3 Tour Pro, and that X-T3 might actually be getting pushed out a little bit for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's, those, that's just those, my opinion. Yeah, that's a good take, and I am I'm totally can confirm that. And um, four interesting boots. Um, that are like uh, in the in the same corner, and um, yeah, people can definitely uh, look forward for the new Koshis and the and the new uh, touring boot from Lang. Both very very interesting, very well made products, and um, yeah, just uh, as a as a equipment nerd kind of, um, I'm happy to see. Uh, the, those things coming up for next winter season, and uh, I may t- might have to extend my my ski boot quiver a little bit more. <laughs> nice. There is a binding that I know you've been spending time on that I wanted to just hear you talk a bit about, and then I might actually just ask you to weigh in on one or two skis. Um, but let's let's go with uh, this AT binding that you've been getting some time on. Um, so I, I always uh, had the chance because we have a very good relationship to one of our, uh, binding, um, uh, manufacturer that's called Plum, uh, Plum, um, a French, uh, manufacturer, very, very nice guys, very nice, uh, um, f- family owned company, cool people, very passionate. Um, they are, uh, making, uh, um, pin binding since 2008 since 2010 they are also offering a little bit more like a uh, free ride uh, or downhill orientated uh, ski touring bindings and um, also in 2010 and 11 um, no it was 2012 I think they already had the first it's not DIN 14 let's say X14 yeah it was called the Yak, and that was like the first yeah pin binding with a very high release number. So the new thing I have tested um, is called Summit 12. It's a new free ride binding coming out for the 21-22 season. Uh, weighs in about 448 gram. It's uh, 
first thing what you see it looks super burly it's super solid every all the materials are very thick and strong so it's um also like uh, the athletes where i'm working together or helping out on my team uh, most of them are on plume bindings and they say it's just very difficult to destroy them and especially with uh, those pin bindings um that's not where I want to call out any brands. It's just how they look like. And there are a lot of little parts that can break, like razors and all those things. And um, uh, like dedicated to people know what can happen and why they need straps on the mountain and what you can do with, with, with all these things. So um, the DIN or like the number on, this, on, 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 on the release level is from 5.5 to 12. Um, it's... Um, has quite the same level from the toe to the heel piece. That's the same thing, for example, like ADK is right now doing with the FR14 or FR16 that's coming out next winter. Uh, for example, Moment is also offering uh, the FR16 in a, in a branded version called the Voyagers is the name, I think. Um, very interesting company. Um, people who are looking for something different and i'm not quite sure if you if you can get that uh binding in north america but uh, for the listeners from europe um that are looking for a new binding that's very durable that's solid that's coming from a a, a company that you can really like because they're nice people um you definitely should check out the new summit 12 comes without breaks so don't be scared yeah uh the most breaks on pin bindings anyway don't work so uh the only the only reason why we have them is that you don't lose your skis when you uh get off your skins on top of a mountain so i would just recommend mm -hmm. turn your skis um put the put the binding on 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 the ground and uh yeah cool binding definitely you have to check it out it comes in a cool color in silver mm -hmm. and in red and uh, yeah, plum or plum uh, binding is called Summit 12, um, new free ride binding, solid product. Um, I, I just had to mention it because we were talking about so many touring boots and I had the chance yeah. uh, to try it on uh, on my last free touring days. And uh, yeah, cool product, definitely. And by the way, do they say plume or plum? Uh, the French say plume. Yeah, I was saying yeah. it right. You were saying it wrong. Again, yeah. you're 0 for 2. Yeah. You're, you're talking G0s and plums and can who knows what you're talking about in this conversation. All right. Well, good. I feel I feel slightly vindicated. Yeah, so is it, is it uh, Blizzard or Blizzard? Oh, that's definitely Blizzard. <laughs> I, I was uh, listening to the one with Paul and uh, in German or how the Austrians say it's Blizzard. Uh, Paul, Blizzard. Uh, Paul yeah. says Blizzard. And you say sometimes bizarre, but it's pleasant. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. So, <laughs> skis. Words, words are hard. Yeah, words are hard. Um, yeah, let's wrap with just a couple of skis. Um, first thing, I know that you have spent some time on the Moment Wildcat 108 and the Moment Wildcat Tour 108. And so I know a lot of people are interested in those skis. And so give us your kind of take or impressions. So um, I'm, I, yeah, I'm kind of like, I, I like 
what what moment was doing since since years with uh, with their skis um, uh, in the past the babies now the wildcats and um, uh, luckily enough the wildcat got a, got a bit more heavier for this season which really uh, is a good thing I think in my opinion so I had the wildcat tour uh, latest iteration and uh, first moment I had a pin binding on. Um, went on the first tour then decided okay um i might gonna try it out with a shift binding um because i was uh i decided to have the pin binding i was testing on a little bit like a ski that is more flatter on the tail uh, that's just tours a bit better um so i decided to put a, a hybrid binding on and use it within the ski resort where you also in Europe have a lot of options to tour for let's say like 45 to 90 minutes out uh, into the backcountry and you can somehow can get back into the resort or for these kind of missions. And um, what what I felt, um, so what I can say as a 50-50s ski, um, you should not go with the touring option of of of, of the wildcat tour um, you should choose the regular wildcat 108 makes way more sense it's more stable especially when you ski a lot of mixed stuff that the ski resort is offering when you ski like like um, super um, uh, tracked out uh, runs or if you have like tight spots or what we a lot of have like steep and tracked out stuff you know um where you where you know for example uh, during the summer um everything is used for um like there are all the cows around and you have like a very difficult run and uh, there's a lot of like holes in the ground and it's uh, very unstable and everything that's where you definitely need a more stable ski um and that's where i felt that just those around i think it's nearly 300 grams that they are uh that they are in the in a weighing differently and um yeah make more sense to put the shift binding on the wildcat 108 i guess a lot of listeners would say of course it makes more sense but um it was just like good to see trying out and that also gives like the help to like help or guide the customer through um yeah. the process of which ski which which combo might sense so if you want to tour or if you want to use it as a as a, as a touring ski put a pin binding on the white kit tour and uh, you will be very happy and if, especially if you're a playful skier and you need that amount of tail and tip rocker and uh, yeah. that type of ski so if you're that type of customer a skier and you're looking for a playful touring ski that's a very, very good option on the market. Um, yeah. It's especially for Europe. It's a little bit more uni unique, more individual. Uh, so European skiers will definitely uh, benefit maybe a little bit more uh, from that. If you are looking for a more damp version that handles the resort better, and that's what it is, then go with the 108 and you will have uh, um, a very good... A versatile tool to get everything out of a European mountain. Got it. I actually toured last night on the Wildcat 108 tour. And um, yeah, my setup, I, I was in the Cochise boot on the Wildcat tour with a, a Fritchie Tecton binding and loved actually going uphill on it, but would definitely put it in that touring ski 
class um, and wouldn't be so inclined to use it for like 50-50 inbounds and and touring use, but would be absolutely happy to have it in my quiver, in my touring ski quiver. Yeah. That's, yep. that's, that's, that's how, 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 how I also see it. And uh, yeah. And, th- and therefore it's uh, same with boots. It's very important to know what you want to do, what you're looking for. Um, sometimes just being light or just being heavy, is might not be the right uh, option. So, Talk to your to the people at the ski shop and uh, let them know what what your goals for the season are, what you really want to do, and um, yeah, and then you can find a very good ski. And there are so many good skis on the market, and it's just sometimes interesting to A and B, uh, like like the tour to the non-touring option. Sometimes you get very surprised from the tour option, yep. um, and yep. that does not mean that it it's 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 a bad ski it's just a different ski for a different yeah different type of skiing and different thing what you want to do so yeah one more ski i want to talk about you actually kind of put this brand on my radar augment yeah augment uh austrian company um it's not that new um they used to have a different name but they had to change the name because of some uh, brand issues but um, they're coming more from the race part from the race department um that's where they have their main they used to have their main success they are very strong in europe within the european cup uh, which is uh, the level right under um the big world cup races and um they are guys uh who used to work at uh, uh, Blizzard, uh, the Blizzard company, uh, factory in Austria, and uh, decided to do their own thing. And uh, lucky for us, they also only, they don't only want to go ski racing, they also want to have fun skis. Um, so they built a w- wonderful all-mountain ski with a 98 and a 108 underfoot, and a few wonderful touring and free touring skis. So um, mm-hmm. cool thing, just to make it quick, um, we were changing some brands at the shop and we were looking for a new option that uh, has to replace uh, a carbon ski company called DPS. I guess some of your listeners heard about that company. And um, so we were just, after eight years, we were just looking for something fresh, something new. Uh, Augment came up um, uh, through the rep uh, and uh, I had the option to test the skis. And first of all, when I look at new products at uh, I look at the how well it is made, how good the finish of the ski is, because there you can see with how much passion they work in the factory. And uh, from the first moment, and and I already saw so many skis in my last eleven years with the, with the shop, I was very very surprised and said, "Wow, that's very well made." You can see the race department philosophy behind the product. And um, what also is very interesting, their carbon skis, normally in the industry, carbon is very expensive. Uh, carbon skis tend to be around $1,000 or euro. Um, their carbon skis are less expensive than their titanil skis. Because in the end, titanil is way more expensive than carbon when you buy it as a manufacturer. And um, otherwise, um, and titanol, that's what's being used in the race, uh, on the racing, uh, racing side, not carbon, um, when it's about ski racing. Uh, it's the more expensive product, and that's very interesting. Uh, the carbon ski is 100 euro cheaper than the titanol skis. 
Um, have a very, very nice finish, good look. And so far we had a very good first season, happy customers, even in the special situation. We were, of course, we haven't sold the all mountain version, but I can, I have two friends and my wife, uh, who are on, on the all mountain 98 and they really love to ski, um, how it drives. It's more directional. All the skis are more the directional type of skis. They don't have masses uh, of amount of rocker in the tail. It's more the classic ski, but with a modern touch. And, uh, for European listeners, Augment company from Austria, especially the free touring line uh, from 89 to 108. Very interesting skis, even the super light uh, 89 skis, phenomenal. And uh, for strong skiers, they were looking for an all mountain type of ski. It's interesting. It's something new. It's something fresh. And you don't have to ski every time the same. Hmm. Interesting. Augment. We heard it here first. Yeah, that's uh, where, that's why you're listening uh, the Gear Thirty podcast uh, to get uh, those news. No, it's definitely it's it's something interesting, and um, that's what yeah, that's what the cool thing is within the ski industry. Always finding new products and um, trying to yeah offer new and interesting stuff, and that's what we love to do at the shop. Definitely. All right, before I let you go, tell us what you are celebrating this week. Um. That's something I was actually thinking about the last uh, one hour and 20 minutes um, because I actually, <laughs> because we were talking before we started recording about that. And I said, I, I, I might just celebrate new products because, and, and testing new products because that actually means that we will be back on, on duty in September, October. Uh, yeah, by, by, mid, by mid and late September. I know it's a little bit boring, but I, I heard you might have a better one. I don't know that I do have a better one than that because I, I like the built-in. You're right. This is sort of this conversation is inherently optimistic because we are assuming that we will be skiing next year and chairlifts will be spinning and so on and so forth. And so I, I I'm going to raise a glass to our optimism. I like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I'm not going to raise a glass right now because it is too early in the day. And I'm still, I get, as you know, Sebastian, I got to go make another pot of coffee. Uh, but tonight, um, let's see, tonight I'll probably, you know what I'm going to do tonight? In honor of you for some reason, I'm going to switch it up a little bit. Go a little whistle pig piggyback, their six year, maybe put that in little ginger ale. Mm, interesting. I haven't done that in yeah. a really long time. So, um, you know, um, so I'm going to do that. But uh, I think the other thing that I want to celebrate is Steph Curry. Now, I think it was last year during the NBA playoffs where I celebrated uh, Damian Lillard because he was just on a tear in the playoffs and doing things that were just incredible. But ladies and gentlemen, if you have not paid attention to what Steph Curry is doing on a basketball court this season. There is without question uh, the fact that Steph Curry is the best shooter in the history of basketball, full stop, and it's not close. But I think I want to take it one step further. I think Steph Curry is shooting a basketball better than anyone has ever done any other thing. Like, this is the highest level of anything I've ever seen. So, I don't know. We might want to talk about, like, 
classical music composition. You know, Beethoven was pretty good. I'm not sure that Beethoven was better at his craft than Steph Curry is at his currently. It's a pretty big claim I'm making. I don't know. Is that controversial? That's that's a good one, definitely. <laughs> I like it. Cool. So uh, to Steph Curry, doing things at a like superhumanly high level. That's what I got for you this week, Sebastian. So it sounds like I have to get up for the next playoff game and uh, don't sleep the night and watch watch an NBA game again. <laughs> good, good one. I, I will. I will do that. <laughs> well, the. Golden State, the, we're not in the playoffs yet, and it looks like the Warriors might be headed like to a play-in game to get into the playoffs. So I, I'm just saying the level at which he is shooting a basketball right now is otherworldly full stop. So anyway, that's what I'm celebrating. Steph Curry, good job. Good job shooting. And on that note, sir, I should let you uh, get to your evening. It's a lot later where you are than where I am. So... um. But hey, this has been fun over the last couple of days. You were able to give us sort of a recap on this past ski season in Europe and how that went down. And people can go hear that on our Blister podcast uh, that we published earlier this week. Always fun talking to you about some of the new gear you've been spending time on and just kind of what's on your radar and looking interesting or a bit weird or that kind of thing. So as always, man, I appreciate the time. Thank you. Me too. Have a good one. Bye-bye. And that brings us to the end of this episode of Gear 30. I want to say thanks to Sebastian for the conversation. Thanks to the strikingly handsome Justin Bob for producing this episode. And thanks to you for listening. From all of us here in Gunnison and Crested Butte, please take good care of yourself and everybody else. And we will talk to you again real soon.